0: What you're seeing, understand, is the beast. It's the fate of every weakling in the Camarilla with their masquerades and their talk of humanity. They're so stupid, it's like trying to catch a tiger in a paper bag. To master the beast, you can't cage it or nail it to some cross or pretend you're in control. It's like strength in the tarot, you can write it, but you can never break it. We know the beast always wins, unless you understand and revere its master. So we pledge ourselves, body and soul, to the darkness. We don't stare into the abyss, we are the abyss. And if we accept it, swallow it deep enough, even the beast gets lost
1: till we decide to let it out. The Camarilla and its path of humanity offers little tolerance or understanding for those kindred, or Canites who wish to explore their nature as undead creatures, different from the humans upon whom they feed. To be a member of the ivory tower is to be, for all sense and purposes, merely a person who does not age, feeds on the living, and is highly vulnerable to the sunlight at least if you are young. Many of the sect's oldest members may follow moral philosophies quite contrary to the values espoused by the ivory tower, but then few would challenge them on it. Yet for the majority of the kindred of the Camarilla, any divergence from the humane way of thinking is strictly verboten, often punishable with death. Those who do study other paths of enlightenment do so in utmost secret and are forced to lie about it constantly, or leave the relative safety of the tower. To follow a path requires discipline and focus on a level far beyond what most vampires can muster. It requires a complete stripping of the superego, a willingness to abandon core truth and tenets completely and to utterly reevaluate one's very existence. You are not a human who feeds on other humans. You are a transcendent predator, freed from your pupae of base needs and emotions. Perhaps there are familiar things that you pursue now, but the reasoning behind it, the end goal ahead of you, is different. Whether your path demands that you aspire to a closer connection and understanding to Lilith, the Dark Mother through pain, or that you spread corruption and vice wherever you may roam, it is all for a purpose. It is all designed around your nature as a predator of man. Many young Sabbat Cainites attempt to walk these paths and fail, lacking the mental fortitude to endure these changes, falling instead to the beast, as they are incapable of wedding themselves to these new ideals. Thus, most tutors of a path will choose their acolytes after a long period of observation and tests, rather than accept any who approach them. To walk a path, one must cease viewing mortals as equals, but rather take up one of the three common views held by the paths. Some perceive them as livestock, kind if you wish, who may or even should be abused, tortured and fed upon without restraint. Others consider them a necessary part of the world, the indulgent killing of them forbidden, while finally some give them little to no regard, focusing their thoughts and reflections all the more on their vampiric condition. Indeed, this means that walking a path does not automatically give one a free pass to kill mortals wholesale without any moral repercussions. The hierarchies of sins, codified rules to follow, often condemned this behavior as unnecessary and violating the code by which they should all act. Once, before the time of the Anarch Revolt, the roads, as they were called, were practiced amongst all Canites. We have learned of the Via Humanitatis, but there were a multitude, all different schools of thoughts on how a Canite should come to terms with their new existence. At that time, these roads were highly standardized across the lands, many even having an established clergy of sort, senior followers who would preside over ceremonies, conduct the proper rites, and teach those who would listen. These nights, the paths are fractured, individuals walking them tailoring traditions, rituals, and even scripture to fit their own perception of the path of their choice. Certainly the core tenets may and ought to remain the same, but the decor is often different. Many experienced scholars are capable of distinguishing different schools through subtle signs in body language, decorum, and behavior. To even begin to walk a path away from humanity, a canine must sink to such a level that they are at the very real threat of having the beast overtake them. Only by purging themselves of empathy, sympathy, and the trappings of humanistic ideals can they begin their journey down a path of enlightenment. When standing on the very precipice of losing themselves to the void, only then are their souls in such a state that they can be reborn in purpose and perspective. It is not impossible for a canite to embark on a path without guidance, although it is rare and of course nigh impossible to achieve a higher state of enlightenment upon it without a mentor or a guide. Like an alcoholic or drug user who suddenly comes to a horrific realization of their current state and where they are headed, the canite must wish to find a new, better way to spend their own life. They will be forced to not only commit atrocities at odds with their old worldview, acts against mortals or other canites that go far beyond petty theft or manslaughter and at some point during this, if they truly understand what they must do, and have the will to see it through, they will experience an awakening to this new path, an intense burst of realization akin to the Zen Buddhist concept of Satori, although naturally of a darker and twisted nature. Normally a kindred has three core virtues from which they perceive and interact with the world. Conscience, their ability to feel regret and even sympathy with others. Self-control, their ability to refrain from causing harm unto others, or act irrationally or hasty, spurred on by the beast. And courage, to act if and when needed, against their fears and insecurities. A canine walking a path may replace some of these virtues, specifically consciousness and self-control, with other, more alien ones. Conviction is the will and drive to ignore one's previous, weaker impulses and urges, and focus on the task at hand. It is the capability to suppress drives that may spring from the beast, or hearken back from a vampire's human urges, of which there may still be echoes left inside. A human soldier may be trained similarly, but of course not to the same extent or extreme. They will be taught that, under certain circumstances, one must be capable of killing others, that the enemy does not deserve the same amount of trust and sympathy that a fellow soldier would. This is of course a coarse comparison, for a canine goes farther and deeper in their pursuit of conviction than any mortal could ever imagine. To a vampire with a high rate of conviction, there is no difficulty in slaughtering the innocent, betraying childhood friends, or strangling a baby in its carriage. To them, their own interests, their own objectives, surpass any notion of blood ties or empathy. These are weak concepts for creatures dependent upon their herd to survive. Vampires are solitary predators. Instinct is a difficult concept to explain, however. There is little similar to it amongst those who do not have to wrestle nightly with the beast inside of them. To explain it simply, instinct is a canine's ability to channel the beast preemptively, to listen to its needs and demands, and allow it just enough leash to satiate it. It is to live in unison with it, to see to its needs and earn its trust. Perhaps the canine will randomly scream obscenities into the night, or wreck the furniture of a hotel room. And to those who don't understand it, this might seem impulsive, chaotic, uncontrollable. But to those who do, it is a simple matter. It is to placate the beast, so that when it is needed, the canine will be able to call upon its strength without issue. Imagine an animal such as a cat. There is little rational thought put into most of its behavior, yet for them it is like their second nature. When they sharpen their claws on furniture, do they know it is for a purpose, or do they merely feel the inclination to do it? It is such with canines following instinct. The beast is their second nature, and many are the ones who hand over the reins to it for night-to-night activities, merely keeping a hand on the cruise control, so to speak, but letting their inner beast run free. One would imagine that upon taking their first trembling steps down a path, a canite will have learned to coexist with their beast, Yet this is a false assumption. Despite having passed the trials and tribulations of it, these canites are still dangerously close to their beast. They are still ruled by their impulses, by their desire to hurt others, to sin and to get away with it. Is it any surprise then that a walker of a path of enlightenment is unbelievably lucky if they even manage to find a path, and that advancing on it is nigh impossible without a tutor? One who can direct frustration, anger, and other dark emotions into a constructive progression along the path pursued. It is a constant test of character for any Pathwalker, and even some of the strongest may relapse and lose progress. Yet, unlike with humanity, those who have truly mastered it, those who are paragons of their kind, and who are inspirations and targets for others have often spent centuries arriving at this goal. They are strong of will and of heart, and are often so divorced from their previous lives that a human who had known them would hardly be able to recognize them. Many young vampires will come to think of their clans as something akin to fraternities or sororities, groups of similar individuals who share many things and who may even help each other out. Yet with some years of experience, most will have learned that shared blood only goes so far. There is no reason for a Toreador Primogen to treat another of her clan, especially one beneath her in the social hierarchy, better, unless there is something for her to gain. A Bruja Anarch leader will have few kind words to share about his Primogen in turn, who he feels has betrayed the clan ethos. A may collaborate with another, but they didn't get where they are by playing favorites. Many paths, however, offer something that clans do not. These like-minded individuals might meet to share ideas, advice, or even help tutor those who have not reached as far as themselves. Like a faith, they gather together through the use of rituals and traditions, and some have even developed a codified language nigh impenetrable to outsiders. Some worship Cain or Lilith, others devote themselves to material gains and power above all else. Some are united only in their desire to see the world burn, yet even amongst these nihilistic creatures, there is a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose. The Sabbat would not be the threat to the Camarilla that it is today, were it not for the paths. While many of their shovel-heads, Cainites embraced roughly and en masse, buried underground and forced to claw their way out, will live short and violent unlives. lives the leadership of the sect, the true Sabbat, the ones who understand the true purpose of the Sword of Cain, cannot let themselves become victims to their base urges. Yet as they do so, they become as alien as the ancients they oppose, employing methods and tactics that they themselves once condemned. And amongst the independents, these paths have a fundamental purpose as well to bring the many and different members of the clans together in a higher purpose, that of serving the founders of their clans. One may wonder then, having learned all this, whether humanity truly is as inferior to these paths of enlightenment as they may be presented. Their numbers are five, and they are gods, dark gods. Snow, an insightful yet compassionate master. Bambi Parsons, whose passion inspires and leads by example. Dr. Sheepington, a sage and venerable keeper of ancient wisdom. The unemployed writer, whose words have guided nations throughout the aeons. And Dugal, the ancient and terrifying who stalks the night. These are our masters, and to worship them is to attain salvation. Their childer, the Methuselah, sit like kings and queens above us, their wills ours to obey. They are Her Satanic Majesty Danny, reborn through fire and ice, Maximilian S. Hardcastle, a master of our ancient Jihad, Socrates Johnson, a scholar and a mentor, Adam Daw, wise and benevolent ruler, the ambitious and loyal Lauren Eason, as well as the enigmatic yet influential Prozion. On the Council of the Primogen are seated Edward Reed, Colin Gifford, 06, Stonewolf Eighteen, Jokerman, Ian Nichols, the Black Friar, and Ravenfang, wise leaders and of good judgment, and they shall serve as the torchlight by which we conduct our affairs. This week the Council would wish to honor the Elder Dante the Canine and the Ancilla Harry Wyckoff. We thank you for your loyalty. Naturally, all our elders and and neonates receive our gratitude from the bottoms of our hearts. Without your support, this would not be possible. And thank you for watching. Now be careful out there, for Gehenna may soon be upon us.